0: So we do the Torah and Tea today for the portion of Vayikra. We started a new book, and basically uh, the book talks about the korbanot. And a lot of people, or uh, some people have, you know, uh, a difficulty with understanding what's the purpose of taking an animal and burning it. But it's like everything else from the Torah, you know, if you believe in the Torah and Hashem. So we know that this was an important uh, service of Hashem, and a matter of fact, in our prayers, we always do the prayers corresponding to the various korbanot, and we always say in our prayers, "Oh, if Hashem allows us to build the temple again, then we will be able to do the sacrifices as Hashem has expected us to do." So it, it is a very important uh, part in our life. Now there is various different uh, interpretations, like the Ramban. In the Mornevuchim, <laughs> he says a little bit different,
1: but in any event, the way we learn
0: it, it's a very important uh, part. Now, the Ramban, Ramban, the, uh, uh, the Nachmanides, uh, he says that the korbanet, in, in addition to the physical korban, when do you when you uh, see uh, when you bring a korban, it's not just the physical act. That's uh, it's meant for repentance. Uh, a person who um, who witnesses the act of the korban, the shechting of the korban and then uh, the sprinkling of the blood and the mezbeach, all the process, that's meant as a moral for the person, it's a lesson for the person, that a person should say to himself, look, you know, I deserve actually that this should happen to me because I did wrong. I violated the Torah, I violated the wish of Hashem, and therefore, what's happening to the animals should happen to me, but Hashem, His great kindness allowed me to substitute for myself uh, instead of the uh, sacrifice. And in the wording, and the, this is in the uh, Lekute Torah that Al Rebbe brings down, the wording, you know, a lot of times, we have an idea, just the way the Torah writes different words, like the grammar, seems to be a little bit uh, out of place or a little problematic. So this is the way the Torah begins in the beginning of Ayikra. It begins with Adam. Adam means a man, a person. Ki uh, When he will offer. And then it says... Mikem korban, from you, he'll bring a korban. So grammatically, the way you should have said, is a man of you who offers a sacrifice. So the, of you should come after the word Adam. Adam, a person. Mikem, from you, meaning from the Jewish people. When you bring an offering, and then the Torah goes on to tell you what the offering consists of. But the Torah changed around the words. The Torah says, Adam ki Ya'kriv, a person who brings an offering, we from you. So the al says that actually the idea of the Korban is that you bring yourself an offering to Hashem. That you don't bring just a beast, you don't bring a uh, something else, but you bring yourself. And he basically says, Adom Kiyakri means a person who wants to get close to Hashem. If you want to get to Hashem, you have to bring yourself as an offering to Hashem. You have to sacrifice yourself to Hashem. Bring yourself to Hashem. What does it mean, bring yourself to Hashem? So it says from the cattle and from the sheep, Different. You know, we all have in the Tanya, it's all the animal soul. Animal soul. Now, the animal soul comes in different forms, in different shapes. Some of them have a destructive nature. Like a person, some have a character, uh, which is a negative character. That would be maybe compared to an ox. An ox can gore, can go wild, can do damage. Some people have an animal soul, which is considered to a sheep. A sheep is a very quiet, it's a very... uh, uh What? Hmm a very tame uh, kind of that. So we have to deal with ourselves. There's various different kinds of uh, uh, korbans that we have, that we have to bring to Hashem, take our, you know, ba- our inherent or learned nature, and we have to bring it to Hashem, in other words, to make it better. Adam ki if you want to come close, you have to bring yourself korban La Hashem. Now, what happened, how did it work? Uh, You know that when the Jewish people built the Mishkan on the first time, so then when everything was ready and they were waiting for the fire, for the Divine Presence to come, and no fire came down. Eventually, Moshe and Aaron, they went into the temple, then eventually the fire came down. So it says that the fire came down in the shape of a lion, and it came down from the heavens, and it consumed the sacrifices that they brought on the Mizbeach. So basically, there was a fire that came from above and consumed the, uh, the Korban. And also, in addition to that, the people had to bring wood for the arrangements on top of the Mizbeach, in which they would have the fire that would burn the Korban. So basically you had a fire come from above, but you also brought some wood from the people brought wood over there as well. So what could this be compared to? We have a fire in ourselves that comes from above. That is actually the godly soul that we have. So when we talk about a fire from above, so the human being is endowed with a very special fire, a godly soul which is on fire, which is connected to Hashem. And we want to take our animal characteristics, our uh, bad uh, habits or bad behaviors, and we want to burn it on that mezbek. We want the godly soul to overtake it. And instead of the enjoyment And instead of being involved in in negative things, to turn it around and use all your uh, abilities and talents for Hashem. So, first of all, we have that fire from above, that comes from above. That's our godly soul. Godly soul that we have is able to inspire us, is able to motivate us, is able to guide us, to help us, overcome, so that we can bring a korban to Hashem. In other words, we do away with our animal soul and instincts so that we can come close to Hashem. That comes from the godly soul. But we also got to bring our own wood a little bit as well, as we will see in the later, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We also want to bring our wood ourselves. So basically, the whole idea of the korban over here is to become closer to Hashem. And one of the things is the way to become closer to Hashem, sometimes we have to struggle a little bit. And that's, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we do in life uh, that are meaningful, we have to work hard for. They don't come easy. Uh, Even uh, the observance of Torah and mitzvahs doing what's right takes effort, takes... uh, It's difficult, some people... Have a very hard time. We all have. People have different challenges, and but it seems like uh, it is specifically uh, through these challenges that when, we're over, when we come, when we overcome them. So we have this uh, we have this desire to speak lashon hara, and we don't, or we have a desire. You yeah, go ahead, Chayana my question is just um one was a fire that comes c- came down and it looked like the image of a lion? Yes. How 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 was that? How are we interpreting that? And then I heard there was also an image of a dog. Yeah, that's was also yeah, that's separately. Yeah, What's yeah. the difference? What was the difference? Why would yeah. there be a mention uh, of a dog? So that's that's is a also in a negative way. I have to look that up again and that but in the in the uh, in in this context, in this maamar, he talks about the Aryeh, the Achel uh about the lion that eats the Kurbanos. and that has to do with the Pnei Aryeh, That has to do with the uh, chariot, the division of Ezekiel when he saw the the face of the uh, of the of the Arye. That's what he saw. So that's considered a positive, the kedusha. That's considered the uh, on, on the higher level. But then. There's also that idea of a uh, of of a, of a dog, but um, but but that that that's separate. I have to look that up. I can't tell you right now, of yeah, Go ahead, Janice. Yeah. <clears throat> I had heard that the dogs in Egypt were quiet when the Jews were leaving, and because of that, they got an honor. Well, that's true too. The verse says actually that because they were quiet. And that's why we feed them when we have non-kosher meat, like you feed the dogs. And the reason we feed them is because they deserved it, because they were silenced. But I didn't know that that was connected to that uh, image of fire that came down in the shape of a dog, but that's that's separate. But that's true. That's true as well. That's correct. Um, But, um, you know, so that's the two fires. But basically... Uh, we have to uh, work uh on on things ourselves you know we have to uh we have to help the fire uh that comes from the soul but we have to sort of push ourselves a little bit and uh, that's the way we get the uh the full carbon and i want to concentrate the this week's in the in the sieghe. it's really a rashi Sigha. i just want to uh, bring out one point of it. It's a very technical uh, sicha. It's kind of hard to give over in a short way, but I just want to bring down the verse. So, you know, we have sacrifices that come from beast. okay? So, mostly, what do we have? We have either a, uh, a bull, uh, a cow, or we have a goat and a sheep. Those are the two, the big animal and the small animals. And then we have a flower. Then we have a mincha. A mincha is an offering that you bring from fine flour. That's a mincha offering. And in between these two, we have a bird offering. So you have animal, you have a bird, and then you have a meal offering. We'll talk about... Uh, The offering of the meal in the in the next part, but right now the Torah talks about the uh, bird. We're bringing about. We're going to talk to you about the bird, the verse that talks about the bird. Uh, For a bird, of course, there's two types of birds that we bring. Either it's a turtle dove or it's a pigeon. These are the two types that the Torah says that we bring as a bird offering. Okay, you can't bring. Uh, You can use a chicken for kapores, but you can't bring it uh, on the on the mizbeach. you can only bring either uh, turtle doves or young pigeons. Those are what the Torah says. the 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 the, the turtle doves have to be older, uh, and the pigeons have to be younger. uh, Bnei Yona. Uh, Now, by the regular animal, what you did was there were basically four steps to it. So you shechted the animal and you took the uh, blood of the animal and you sprinkled it on the misbeach on the altar. Uh, And then you uh, so that's bringing it to the misbeach, sprinkling it on the mesbeach and then you burn the um, you burn it on top of the misbeach. By the bird it was done a little bit differently. Over here it says, by the bird. what they did was they used to squeeze it on the wall of the mizbeach. Instead of sprinkling it onto the wall of mizbeach, they would squeeze the blood out on the mizbeach. Okay, now what's the whole idea? You know, the different carbonates, different parts of it would go on the mizbeach. But the fat always went in the mizbeach. What it really, based upon what we we're talking about before, the fat represents the enjoyment, the pleasures, the uh, enjoyment, and the blood represents like the, the the anger, the fire, the 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 uh, the blood, the red. So you want to burn it on the mizbeach. In other words, you want it to take it away from the negative, and you want to bring it to the mizbeach. So. How was it done? It says, so here this is the verse that talks about it, in verse 15, kohen So the Kohen would bring it close to the altar. There was a special procedure how the animal was shechted. It wasn't shechted from the front, it was from the back actually. It's called Melika, and then you offer it on the Mizbeach. And then it says you squeeze the blood on the wall of the Mizmeach. So instead of sprinkling, you squeeze the blood. Okay, that's the verse over here. What does it mean, squeeze? The, the Torah used the words V'nimtso, with a hay, not with an aleph, with a hay. Nimtso means squeeze. So it's interesting, Rashi brings, what is the meaning of nimtso? He brings an example where it means squeeze. What does it mean, squeeze? So he brings a in Mishle, which it says, Mitz apayim. When you squish the face. What does that mean? So look, there's a, there's a verse in uh, Proverbs. I, I have it at the bottom of the screen. It says like this. Mitz cholov." when you squeeze milk, or what's the squish? You, know, you can't squeeze milk, but the juice of the milk, the mitz. Mitz tapuzim is right. orange juice. Yes, yes. But usually mitz tapuzim, why is it called mitz tapuzim? It's just squeezing the orange to exactly. get the juice. it's We call the mitz is the actual juice. But it comes from the lash because you squeeze. So what is the mitz? This is a verse on the bottom of the screen. Mitz chalav. that is means what is the juice of the milk? Or what is the squish of the milk? Yotzi, if you squeeze milk, you're going to get butter. Okay? Umitz af, if you squeeze the nose, Yotzi it'll get blood. If you squeeze the nose, you get blood. Umitz apayim, if you squeeze the anger, Abayim, Yotzi then you bring out argument, then you make a fight. From the Basically, the verse means that if you squeeze And you squeeze the anger. What are you going to get the result? Basically, when you squeeze the anger, what you'll end up is with a fight. That is the end up from the uh, uh, Amar Pai. But, so the Rebbe just says this whole idea of squeezing represents the idea that a person needs to squeeze himself a little bit. In other words, what they call it in the terms of Hasidus, hiskafia. Hiskafia means to subdue yourself a little bit um, so that you don't give in. You don't give in to what you naturally want and what you desire. You squeeze. You, you have to squeeze. But the brings out an interesting... It says, squeezing the anger the Rebbe says. Okay, so we talked about, the Rambam says about a korban, and what is the meaning of burning the fat and the blood of a korban on the mezbeach? That means all your pleasures and all your fire, bring it to Hashem, transform it. So one must squeeze themselves to do teshuva. Uh, What is a korban? A korban is brought... When a person is oh one second, what is that? She can't get on. Oh, okay now. Uh, so one must squeeze themselves. Um no, she just said she couldn't make it today. Nancy. Um uh, so one must squeeze themselves and to, I guess, to, uh, to do repent The uh, carbon is all the carbon have to do with the level of Teshuvah that instead of, you know, just following your heart's desires, do whatever you want, no restraint. And, uh, when a person, uh, Violates Hashem's will. That means that he doesn't accept the yoke. He wants to be free without having any restraint, without having any restrictions. So, uh, when you do teshuvah, you got to squeeze yourself. But we're talking about specifically squeezing in the level of when we're talking about anger. You know, anytime you do. Uh, something against Hashem's will. You're basically uh, denying Hashem that Hashem is watching you. I mean, you think that you can hide uh, from Hashem. and uh, Or you don't believe in, uh, in having to uh, submit your will to Hashem. You just think you can do what you want. But specifically, our rabbis tell us if a person gets angry, it's like worshipping idols. Why is that? It's because, you know, a lot of people get upset about different things. Get angry. Why does a person get angry? A person gets angry because they're upset on the on situation, on the condition. Now, a lot of times, the condition, we can't change none of the facts. What we could change is whether we get aggravated, whether it aggravates us or doesn't aggravate us, whether we get angry or don't get angry. The fact what happens or what is, a lot of things bother us, you know. We're upset about different things. Being upset, getting angry, is a choice we make. What happens is not always a choice that we make. Things that happen to us, that Hashem chooses, we, we are not always, sometimes we can better ourselves, sometimes we can change certain factors, but sometimes we can't change certain factors. But we choose, we do choose, or we do have control, whether to get angry Whether to get upset, whether to feel hurt, whether any emotional thing we go through, that is something that we don't have to experience. That is something which naturally we are inclined to, but we don't have to. We can take control and say, I'm not going to let this bother me. And we could take control, and not let things bother you. same thing is when a person gets angry. If you get angry, well, some people get angry at God, okay, that's one thing. But then sometimes people get angry at another person, because the other person hurt them, or the other person assaulted them, or the other person took something that belongs to them. So they get angry. They get angry. But if a person believes that everything is from Hashem, there's no reason to get angry. That you know that this is from Hashem. And so many times in life we feel so miserable, and then we look back and we say, Why did we spend all of this energy and all of this time of being upset and you know and it's it turned out that everything that you were upset about there was no reason for it it was actually in the many cases it was for your benefit it actually helped you it was so good that it happened but at the time that it happened instead of saying look this comes from Hashem and I trust Hashem, and things will be good. You couldn't change anything about it. Of course, one can't sit with his hands folded up and say, I'm not going to do anything about it. Hashem wants it to be that way. No. You have to do, you have to make Ishtadlut, You have to put effort in to do what you can to better yourself, of course. But things that you don't have a choice, things that happen, spending all this time feeling sorry for yourself, being angry, getting upset. If you accept and you know that everything comes from Hashem, and Hashem is the essence of good, so things will be good. If you're experiencing temporary discomfort, and things are not good now, okay, you have to wait a little bit. Don't get upset. You have a choice of not to get upset. When a person gets upset, he's basically showing that he doesn't accept that it came from Hashem. That he believes that the other person can really hurt him, even if Hashem disagrees. Now, we can't confuse it as the Alta Rebbe speaks about this. We can't say, well, okay, I have a right to do this wrong to you. I have a right to insult you. Because you needed to be insulted, and therefore I just did it. No, it's not an excuse for a person to insult the other person. You're gonna to have to answer and pay the price if you did something wrong. But the person who was hurt, or the person who was damaged, you know, accept it and say, This was the will of Hashem. I accept it. Don't blame your parents, don't blame your spouse don't blame and say it's somebody else's fault, looking for who is going to be responsible for A, B, and C, D, whatever. Accept it. This is the will of Hashem. Getting angry is your choice. You shouldn't get angry. If you do get angry, you are actually saying, I don't believe this came from Hashem. I believe you had a part to do that. That's why you are like worshiping idols because you're not accepting this. Again, in life we see, I'm not saying you see it all the time, but many times, but the times that you do see it will show for the times that you don't see it, they Many times in life you see there's certain situations you are really upset about you're upset about what happened you're upset about things how they're going you are really angry but then later on you say to yourself actually this was the best thing that ever happened to me you know and so don't spend the time being angry but being angry means that you don't Except that everything comes from Hashem. That's why we say Kol is, If you get angry, you like worksham by So here we're saying, from anger, mitz apayim. Apayim is the anger. What is the juice of the anger? It gets you into an argument with Hashem. That's the riv that gets you a argument with Hashem. The anger. What's the result? What is the juice? What is the consequence of your anger? You're making an argument with Hashem because you're not accepting, and your anger is causing you to go against Hashem, which this is a, a sin of anger, which is very clearly that you're not accepting. And other transgressions, violations, you don't see that so clearly. But being angry, you're basically saying, I don't believe that this is supposed to happen to me. I don't believe that this is destined for Hashem. You're not accepting it. But then it says, mitz apayim, there's two. Because then there is the other way. When you do tshuva, then you are actually turning your anger by squeezing yourself, the squeezing of the anger, which means in a way you're conquering the anger, or your anger is geared towards the negativity within yourself. Like you're saying, why is it, you know, you're angry, why am I not strong enough to believe in Hashem? When you're doing Teshuvah, you're taking that anger and you are directing it on the negativity, and you're saying to yourself, I am angry at my Hara, at my inclination. Why is my Yetzirahara telling me to do all that? I am really strong enough. I don't have to listen to my Hara. I am strong enough. Why am I listening to them? And then you make end up making a fight with your Yait So that's the other way. First you get angry and then you make a fight with Hashem. But when you do Teshuva, you get angry at the Yait Sahara, the negativity, and then you make a, a then you make a fight with the with the other side. You know, the Hasidic teaching, the Rebbe's teaching, the Rebbe is so generous. The Rebbe explains, he quotes from the verse, that even when we fail, even when we make a mistake, it's really at the end of the day, while we take responsibility, we should take responsibility. But if we do fail, it's Hashem that created us, we're frail human beings. So, in essence, if we choose something bad, it's Hashem. So, why does Hashem put us through all these tests? Why does Hashem push us in this direction of having to fight? And in the end of the day, you know, Hashem does what He wants. If Hashem wanted us to succeed, we would succeed. And we do succeed. And if we don't, it's, you know, He made it difficult for us at the end of the day. So we didn't succeed. And that's why the Rebbe uses the other verse. The other verse, verse talks about squeezing, and the other part talks about squeezing of milk. Milk when you squeeze, there's another verse Rashi brings down, uh, Ofas Hamatz. That talks about, the other verse talks about when you milk the cow, you squeeze and you get out, you get the milk. You know, the Rabbi says something very interesting, that according to the Gemara, how does milk come? How does the cow have milk? Or How is milk produced? That's blood that is transformed into milk. The blood turns into milk. So technically, the Rebbe brings out that blood should be prohibited. I mean, milk should be prohibited. Because just like blood is prohibited, milk should be prohibited too. Because milk is essence A byproduct of blood because it's the blood that turned into milk why will I drink milk but the Torah says you can eat it that represents the idea of turning things around that we have the ability Hashem gives us challenges and gives us difficulty yes but Hashem also wants us to sort of take the blood, take the, and turn it into milk. And the, and the milk is not only permitted, but when we want to talk about how beautiful Israel is, what do we say? Eretz? Flows of milk and honey. Zavat, chalav, <laughs> Flows milk and honey. So here we took milk, which... Potentially should have been prohibited because it's blood. It's a, and yet it becomes the praise of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Chalav While we think our struggles, it's hard, it's difficulty, but we actually make of all of our challenges, all of our difficulties, we turn it around and we make it into... A beautiful vehicle and a vessel for Hashem we bring it as a carbon and we transform it from its uh, mundane from its animal state and we turn it into something very special okay so this is the one of the ideas the Rebbe discusses in the first uh, the first I want to quickly touch upon the uh, second talk that the Rebbe gives which is uh, did you know it's interesting to know, we mentioned before, how many different things can you bring as a sacrifice? A beast, a bird, and flower. Now together with the flower, we also know we bring oil and we bring wine, right? There's libations, and sometimes we bring water. We also pour water. But did you know, we talked about the wood. Now, wood is brought to help the fire. But did you know that wood can be brought actually as a carbon also? Not only to serve as fire. So if a person wants to bring, oh, I want to bring wood as a carbon. You can do that. Matter of fact, this is a whole big discussion. A whole big discussion over there in the uh, Talmud. The Talmud relates, in Masechis Tainis, it relates that the one time when they came back to the uh, temple, after they went to exile, they came back to the temple, and then they looked in there. there was a special room where they keep the wood so they can keep the fire going on the Mizbeach. And it took a look that it was empty. So there were nine families over there, Kohanim, Levim, and the regular people. Uh, they, just, they went and they brought wood for the Mizbeach so that they could bring the Karbonus. And And since then, they designated, and they said that the wood during those periods of time is gonna be brought by these particular uh, families. These families got the privilege that they bring. So even if there's enough wood, they always get to bring wood. It was the kind of holiday for them and um, that was uh, special for them. Now, so what is this uh, Korban Eitzim? So there's two. It's either they gifted the wood over there was uh, in order to have wood for the fire, But if you look at the verse, it says, So he calls the wood a korban. So the wood was also a korban. So what does it mean, a korban, that the wood was a korban? So there's various interpretations. The Rambam says they brought a korban together with this. Remy goes through a whole big discussion about it. Uh, What is this whole idea of breaking the wood, whether it is an independent carbon or not. But you see, this is the idea, you see that it's also said that there were two logs that they brought in addition to all the uh, wood that they had, that they brought every day, they brought two logs they put on the mizbech. Those were also brought as a gift. But the issue is here whether we actually called them a korban. But what does it mean, a korban? So it's interesting to note in the Talmud, somebody says like this, if you bring wood to the as a gift to the mizbech, you're going to have to do all the standard things that you do with every korban. you got to bring along oil, you got to bring along the Parkinson's, the lavoyna. You know, it's, it's, and the other one says, no, you bring wood, but you don't have to bring along. This is not a regular korban. This is just, just wood. Wood is still just wood. And as the Rebbe explains it, that the Torah calls it over here korban. Mincha. Here there's a korban etzim. So when it says korban, does korban mean literally a korban? or? And, and the Rebbe goes very interesting. He shows... In all six orders of the Talmud, various different places where there is sort of this idea do we interpret things that it has to match exactly? So, if the Torah uses the word Korban, it must have all the details of a Korban. You have to have the oil, you have to, you know, all the details, or it can only be one part of it. It goes through various different things. But in any event, I just wanted to say the, the Rashi over there says something very powerful. Look what it says over here. The Nefesh Kitakriv. What does this mean? A soul. Every other time it says Adam, a man. Here it says Nefesh. So Rashi points out. Who is the one that brings flour as a korban? A poor person. By a poor person, Hashem says, I'm counting as if he sacrificed his soul. Usually you're here, Hashem says, as if you sacrifice, you are sacrificing the soul. It's a very important lesson over here. You know, a lot of times people who are influential, people who are uh, successful, they give a gift. If they bring a nice Corbin, they get satisfaction from what they do. And that satisfaction takes away a little bit from the mitzvah that they're doing because they get this good feeling. Oh, what a great contribution I gave. I made such a big difference. So they get sort of, A little bit of pride, which is like a payment. So you're getting, so it's not 100% pure. It's not with your soul 100%. But a person who gives a small gift, he can only afford fine flour. Of course, if a rich man will give flour, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. But a poor man who gives fine flour, he gives a little soyless, he gives some of the flour, it's cheap but he does it with all of his heart because he knows that it's not an earth-shattering, it's not such an impact, it's not such a big a big deal, so he doesn't take himself credit for that. So that's why the Apostle says, nefesh ki That actually Hashem says, you know what, over there I accept you giving me the whole soul. There's no barriers, there's nothing there. So we know whether you do a lot or you do a little, as long as you do things L'shem Shemayim, we do it for the sake of heaven. We try our best to do it for Hashem. And if we are not able to do more, Hashem accepts it. And that's why the Baal Shem Tov says, whether you're a great scholar, you know how to learn Torah day and night, go ahead. You give, you're give bringing a, good, a big gift to Hashem. Even if I'm a simple person, I don't have the experience I don't know how to learn haven't been trained for that but you know what our Kavona what do you do sometimes when you do a little less because you don't doesn't go to your head Shem says Nefeshki Sakrif. that's really giving me your soul that I'm really accepting it because you really do it with the depth of your heart and therefore I accept it okay.